Welcome to the Reaching New Heights podcast. I'm Megan Gallagher, author, speaker, and mental health advocate. Each week, I'll be sitting down with a new guest. We'll dive into their life story and we'll get to see how they reached new heights. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the Reaching New Heights podcast. This episode today is very special because we are here live in Austin, Texas. I was originally supposed to be here for South by Southwest, but unfortunately it got canceled with everything going on right now. But have no fear, today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Jane Coe. She is the founder of the world famous food blog, A Taste of Coco. It's all about travel, lifestyle, food, the best restaurants in Austin, Texas. Jane, thank you so much for sitting with me today. Thank you, and thank you for such a generous intro. I want you to do all of my experiences. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I would love for you to just explain where you grew up, how you got started, and what inspired you as a child, as a teenager, just your love for food and travel, mm -hmm. and was there any huge influence in your life? Yeah, so I was actually born in the little island of Taiwan in wow. Asia. And then my family moved here when I was three to mm -hmm. South Texas, a mm -hmm. little small town called Port Lavaca with a booming population of 10,000 people. So you can imagine, very, very small yes. town. Um, my family moved there because there's seven chemical plants. So my dad's an engineer and so most of the, the city are all engineers. Mm. And I was there until 18 and I wow. went to Austin, Texas to go to school at UT. Wow. So, um, Childhood. So I feel like it's very different from, I think most people might find this shocking, which I don't think I've actually shared this story very often, is that where I am now is complete 180 from where I was as a child. Wow. Um, so as a child and only child in a very sheltered town, yes. um, I didn't eat a lot of food and I actually didn't like eating food growing up. My mm. mom would have to chase me around with a spoon just to get me to eat because I was no so way. tiny and like <laughs> premature baby, just super picky yeah, and scared yeah. of everything. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was also like being bullied in school and my parents always kind of like, again, being the only child mm -hmm. and being like reassured all the time was like, oh, mm -hmm. it's okay. You're going to be okay. It's okay that you're not good at this. It's okay you didn't make athletics. It's okay that you didn't, yeah. you know, like this and this. And um, I think a lot of that got to me, you know, yeah. and I think by the time I got to UT, I think there's two paths that you can take, right? You yes. can either lean into that and be like, okay, well, shit, like, I guess life is just not for me and right. I'm not going to make it anywhere. Right. Whereas for me, freshman year of UT was really hard. And I think a lot of, even our valedictorian took it really hard because we came yes. from such a small school where our education is just not comparable to bigger cities like uh -huh. Dallas and Houston. So yeah. I was severely behind. And I think at that time I just realized, okay, higher education is probably not for me mm -hmm. um, just because I came and get through like the easy like 301 classes. So I started picking up different part-time jobs wow. and just figuring out like, okay, I don't want to be a lawyer, doctor, MBA, finance, any higher education, mm -hmm. but what can I do? So I kind of went in that creative route. Um, but incredible. yeah, so <laughs> even still throughout college, I still didn't have an appetite for food. Um, like you wouldn't expect that too. I know. <laughs> talking I know. with like, and, and most people are like, Oh wait, you're not from Dallas. Like you carry yourself like a Dallas girl and your family must be so rich. And you know, you grew up on fine dining and I'm like, like no, mm -mm. <laughs> my parents actually, like when I was little, we would go to church's chicken and like McDonald's with like coupons because. Wow. They were raised frugally, and I wouldn't say that we were, I don't think we would have to live frugally, but that's mm -hmm. just how my parents were raised, mm -hmm. especially since they immigrated from Taiwan to the States and then, yeah. you know, started making a living here. Um, so even through college, I ate like the 99 cent chicken nuggets at Wendy's, and I ate in wow. the school cafeteria. Yeah. And when it started all changing was when I started the blog in 2010. So that was my third year of mm. college when I had just switched my degree for a second time. Mm -hmm. And I got a restaurant invitation from, I really can't remember what the name of the restaurant was, but <laughs> one of the restaurants in town emailed me and said, Hey Jane, we're, you know, this X, Y, and Z restaurant. We found your food blog. Mm -hmm. um, would you be interested in trying some food? And for a college student who grew up in a family that 
didn't dine out, it was a big deal. Right. Where at that time I was just baking recipes because yeah. I started off as a recipe blogger wow. because again, no budget and didn't eat out. So for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I love to come in yes. and try the food and not have to do the dishes and I just have to write about it. And I did one restaurant, then I got a second restaurant, and then before I knew it, I was within a year, I was sitting at the same table as the editors of like Austin American Statesman and some of the big magazines. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because I was just a college student, and a lot of these people have worked, you know, five or eight years in publishing. Right, right. That's just, that's so inspiring. And I mean, I personally would never expect it, you know, hearing from a food blogger or someone just, how you grew up is just so different, I'm assuming, from your life now. Yeah. It just sounds like a fully different world. That's so cool. So when you were growing up, did you have someone who made, or when you were in college and you were getting all these opportunities to mm-hmm. write reviews for restaurants and to try out their food, were, did you have someone in your life who was a really positive influence in you or kind of mentored you or took you under their wing? No, I didn't. And I feel like this is the most popular question that someone's like, oh yeah, this person, you know, inspired me. And it just swooped in and saved my life. (laughs) I'm like, no. um, I think it was a different time back then. Mm -hmm. Anyone that's starting off as a blogger or wants to be an influencer, like you can find mentors or people who already have a successful career in that and you can reach out to them and see Mm -hmm. if they're receptive to having you as an intern or mentoring you. But when I was in 2010, there was blogging didn't really exist and everyone was very much like in the traditional path. Mm. So, I mean, it's not meant to be like a sad story, but you know, no one was really like, oh, you want to start a website and write about your feelings yeah. about food? That's yeah. super weird, Jane. Yes. <laughs> and so I didn't. Um, I think most of my peers in school all, again, wanted to do higher education. And mm-hmm. at that time I was finishing up my degree in nutrition. So I stopped I basically stopped going to classes because everyone knew what they wanted to do. They want to become a dietitian, work right, in a hospital, right. or become like a private consultant as a nutritionist. And I didn't want to do any of that. Mm. Um, and I didn't really tell my parents either because they, were, they would be like, we're paying you to go to school and what are you doing with your time? Right. So right. I instead worked about four part-time jobs every semester. Just kind of saving joking? up. No, I'm not. I, I, oh. I think I just, I kind of like adapted like, the survival instinct where yeah. everyone else knew what they were going to do and they're going to be all highly successful. And I was like, I'm going to be highly not successful. So what do I do? And wow. I, I started the website. Um, no one was really a developer back then. Mm-hmm. And my friends that were in computer science wow. weren't going to build me a site for free. So yeah. I went on Google and figured out how to build a site. And I was originally on blogger. And then I then moved to WordPress years mm-hmm. later. Um, and I just had to figure it out. So yeah. I needed money to buy a camera and, you know, dine out. So I just worked four part-time jobs every semester. Mm-hmm. It was not just like for the money, but also to break myself out of my shell because again, small, um, only child, I was right. very scared of talking to people. So I pushed myself to doing jobs like being a tour guide on wow, campus. Good and, for you. So leading tours and really breaking out of my shell and even serving as an advisor to freshman students. Mm-hmm. Um, but just trying to get myself into as many different part-time jobs to mm. understand like what I didn't like yeah. and then slowly like start saving up money so then I could buy my first camera and then, and then a couple years later, like, you know, upgrade to my second camera right. and then buy like, you know, my first MacBook and then, yeah. That's just, I mean, bravo for you for just not giving up because I, I know how that feels like running my own business as well and being an entrepreneur. It's filled with so many anxieties and stresses. And I feel most people don't realize, I mean, like, yes, there's this glamorous side, you know, it's fun, it's amazing. You get to follow your passions, but there's also, I spent so many nights like crying and I'm calling my parents and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I want to give up. This is just because I think as a society, we're raised to believe in kind of there's plan A, then there's plan Mm -hmm. B, very like traditional, like academic. There's just an, I don't know that way, but being an entrepreneur, it's just so different than how we're raised. I would love to know, have you ever personally experienced any type of anxiety, like in any phase of your life and starting this blog and just your journey, anxiety or depression or 
just a time when you felt insecure or not good enough or comparing yourself. Cause I know for me, I can compare myself to so many people. Like it's just this automatic thing of, oh, well, you know, that person's prettier and they have this kind of money and that. And so I'll never, and then I create these stories in my head, but I'm like, Megan, this doesn't serve you. This is yeah. just, you know, negative. All the time, <laughs> um, all the time. I would say I have anxiety probably all the time and it's mm -hmm. only gotten worse in yeah. these last couple of years and um I think a lot of it comes from Instagram just because you can easily look and be like oh yeah how come she got that brand project yes. when I know she bought half her following right yeah situations like that yes. or how did she go on all these vacations all of a sudden right where did those come like from? how are you in a private jet yeah, how are, yeah. yeah. so a lot of that feed to anxiety and I think also for me because I have consistently produced high quality content from day one yes. and have always supported local restaurants and local businesses and I really pride myself on not taking partnerships that are mm -hmm. inauthentic mm -hmm. which That's are awesome. like restaurant chains like McDonald's, Whataburger, um, any of those, Sex Tobacco, I don't take any of those kind of ads and I think because my readership has consistently told me either over DM or right. in person, they're right. more vocal where they're right. like, I appreciate everything you do. I know that you put out the best content compared to everybody else that kind of slaps it together. And you yeah. have all the local businesses in your, you know, in your best interest. Mm -hmm. I think because of that, I feel like I need to do more. Yeah. And, um, particularly right now with what's happening in the world right now, I feel like I've felt like sick this week where I'm just like worrying myself to like to sleep because I'm thinking about like okay what can I be doing how yes. can I support our local businesses yes I thought the best way would be to continue dining out and highlighting mm -hmm. all these local restaurants mm -hmm. however even just which I know this is going to be like irrelevant probably by time because things are changing so fast yeah. by the time you post yeah. this podcast yeah. so we would have moved further <laughs> down the crisis is well, what can I be doing? And I feel like I need to be helping out and giving out to the city. And yes. other creatives have reached out to me and said, Jane, you don't need to help everyone. Wow. Like, why do you feel this need to always have to help out in a crisis and give back so much? Like, are wow. you taking care of yourself? Mm -hmm. And even other businesses, even other restaurants have reached out to me and said, we know that you lost all of your projects for South by. Mm -hmm how can we help you? And I'm just like, yeah. no, how can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is just daily anxiety, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think being in the career that I've chosen where you, where I am in the position where it's easy for people to DM me and email me and say like, hey, I need your right. help. I just lost my job. Or, hey, I'm a restaurant and our sales are down. Like, being in this position is very taxing on yeah. like constantly having to be on and having to think like okay okay what where are you trying to find a job right. okay maybe i can maybe i have a contact at whole foods let me try to find that for you but i'm constantly having to you know help out so i think a lot of it is having to understand the balance which i'm not good at so i don't really have a resolution on that but oh, to answer your question <laughs> yes i have anxiety all the time yes i i relate to that so much because in my case, being a motivational speaker and helping teenagers speaking at schools, like I'm like you, like you're a very, obviously a very giving, loving yeah. person and you're so talented. I've stalked your Instagram for weeks, but <laughs> it's, it's just, there's a time when you're like, wow, I, I love my business. I'm so passionate about it. I love what I do, but I also, you feel that burnt out, that drained, yeah. that where you just like, it's hard to establish a boundary though and a fine line between for me, my business feels like my baby and I get so protected about it. I want everything to be, almost, you know, perfect. I want it to be the best it can be and I want to go over things and maybe we can do that better. But it's like at the end of the day, I have to remember, okay, my mental health always comes first. And so if I feel triggered or that I'm not sleeping enough or I just feel like I haven't, you know, gotten out and went hiking recently, I'm just like, let's take a pause. And then I just, you know, feel, fill up my cup. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, it helps. Um, and so when you, I like, I'm so fascinated by your story. So when you were in college, tell me more about just that time of when you were first getting started and the restaurant started reaching out to mm -hmm. you. How did it 
kind of tumbleweed? How did it just grow into this huge following community? Um, so when I first started the blog and I bought my domain in March 2010, which is wow. this month, so it's been 10 years exactly ago. Oh my gosh. Um, I really love baking. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, always loved baking. And my mm. parents saved up to buy me a KitchenAid mixer on Black Friday that I still have. It sits on top of my fridge mm. um, because the nice one that KitchenAid gave me sits yeah. on the counter now. <laughs> um, and there's been very many instances that I think kind of helped me away from anxiety that I feel like a lot of things have come in full circle. For example, the KitchenAid partnership. Mm. Um, it was a huge deal for KitchenAid to come to me years ago and they said, hey, we want to replace all your appliances with top of the line KitchenAid appliances wow. and have you be an ambassador of the brand and we have this new KitchenAid mixer coming out. And when I told my dad, he was just so excited and like in disbelief because mm-hmm. they had saved up to buy me like a 50, I mean, I don't know if it was $50, actually, maybe a $100 KitchenAid mixer on Black Friday, you know? I love that. Um, so it's things like that that have really like, I feel like things just come in full circle, right? You yes, give out to the yeah. universe and the universe just gives back. So at that time I was doing a lot of baking. It was getting no traction. I had a readership of zero. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the first restaurant review that I wrote up, then I started getting maybe just one reader or two readers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is better than zero. Yes, yeah. So then I started doing a couple of other uh, restaurants. And then around that time, the food trucks really started. So then yeah. I had met two of my really good friend entrepreneurs that we all hit 10 years this year. And I think a lot of it was I don't have a journalism background, which mm. I feel like most people will think that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, is I don't have a journalism background, but I think because of the opportunities I was given when a chef like would reach out to me and then I would be in the kitchen yeah, with them yeah, yeah. and they let me eat from the pan, which is not food health department approved, but <laughs> just learning about their stories on how they got started. And I think yeah. that's where my storytelling developed was it wasn't really, it was never really about a taste of cocoa, but mm. it was about the stories that I was able to share. And I think mm. people really resonate with that at that time because the only other content resource other than Austin American Statesman and Chronicle was Yelp. Yes. And Yelp was a community of individual people who complain, right? Yeah. It wasn't really productive, I would yes. say. <laughs> so I think people really love this platform where they could start figuring out like, oh, I want to eat here. And I, I went here. I liked her opinion. It mm-hmm. was a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. I trust her next recommendation, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where the trust began because I have a, I think a small percentage of my audience that has followed me since day one yeah. who tells me like, I can't believe how much has evolved for you because I started following you when you were just in college and I've been able to follow you from your journey. And, you know, these are people who stayed with me and when I bought my house in 2015 and then I like quit my job and then they've seen all the partnerships and they like, a lot of these people could probably tell you my entire timeline. That's so unique though, because most people don't have that friendship, that sense of community where you have like, that's just, that's so special. <laughs> yeah. And I occasionally I'll get someone who I meet in person who are like, they'll tell me all those things. And I'm like, oh, you're one of those that have followed me for a long time. You're like, Jane, yeah. I know your whole life story. Yeah. I know you have to run, but yeah. Da, 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 yeah. Da. yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure what happened back then. I think I just always was really focused and heads down where yeah. I would pop up every once in a while and see what everyone else is doing, which is higher education. And I was like, yeah. well, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I can't relate to that. So pop back down and just continue blogging, even though it's a weird thing to do because nobody in my um, surroundings mm-hmm. is doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think I was really lucky to have positive affirmations along the way. Like within the first year, the Bank of Omaha reached out to me and they said, hey, we're doing our tour throughout the world or throughout the nation to highlight different entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that have, you know, taken like a leap of faith and started their own business. And yes. we want you to be our Austin person. Mm-hmm. And as That's like so a exciting. 20 year old, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'd love to be on this thing that you're featuring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is my first press opportunity, which I didn't even know press was a thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was just a string of things along the way that yeah. I felt like, you know, you do something and then you get a po- positive affirmation. That's wow. It's just it's so cool, your story. I mean, it's just so inspiring. Um, do you personally feel, because I feel... I know when I eat healthy mood, I mean, healthy meals versus 
like McDonald's or something mm -hmm. once in a while, I notice a huge energy shift and I notice my mood just is so different. It's like black and white. Do you personally feel in your experience just that food is powerful and that it can shift our mental health and how food and anxiety kind of go hand in hand? Like if we're eating a ton of junk food or stuff that's just, you know, not going to give us high energy and it's not a great way to start your day or a ton of like sodas or do you, do you personally feel that it really goes hand in hand? So I stress eat at night in the <laughs> dark where it's not posted on Instagram stories yes. um, because I think my audience, again, holds me on this pillar, I really feel like, mm -hmm. which again goes back to the anxiety thing because I feel mm -hmm. like they just hold me at this on this pillar um, is I actually do stress eat. At midnight, I get mo I I work at night. That's where you know the inbox. No, people aren't emailing me, and no one's like really DMing. Yes, so I yeah. have like four hours myself. So mm -hmm. I usually work and stress eat from eleven to like three a.m. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously I don't feel great the next morning. Where I feel like I just got hung over from all the crap I ate the <laughs> night before, but it keeps me powered, be able to work those long mm -hmm. hours. Um. I wouldn't say I'm in in general I'm not a healthy eater I don't mm -hmm. you know most fine dining restaurants are about how good the yeah. food tastes yeah. um and I don't consistently tell people like oh here's like the salad that you should get or hey you should go get a healthy grain bowl today um yeah for me it's just again about the local restaurants and telling their stories and telling people where to eat and I think the thing about a taste of cocoa is it's not a review site mm. I'm not here to tell people what to eat I'm just here to give you options and you can decide where to eat and I think what people really I think it's about bridging the gap mm -hmm. is people are familiar with McDonald's and Whataburger and I think my audience does eat that despite if they don't <laughs> like admit it yeah is that I feel like because I've let's say like let's say Uchiko right yeah it's an expensive restaurant and people maybe aren't too familiar with sashimi back then or fall nigiri or anything like that but because i went in and i'm like okay i've tried majority of menu here are the mm -hmm. things i like okay yeah it is expensive i'm not gonna hide that you know but yeah. maybe consider it for a special occasion or they actually have a really great happy hour every single day from five to six thirty mm -hmm. where bites are three to four dollars and you can get sake for six dollars and i think it's about like giving people that kind of information they're like oh I can totally, that's totally accessible to me and I can totally go eat that next week. Right. Wow. Yeah. I, cause I know for me balancing travel and getting work done, but also self-care and having a personal life, it can mm -hmm. feel super overwhelming sometimes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but I have to stay healthy all the time yeah. and in shape. And I, yeah. I for sure relate to what you said about the pressures of just feeling like social media. You're, if, if you, if you have a following, which is such a blessing and it's an it's honor lovely, and yeah. it's, you get to have the ability to positively impact people and make a difference. But I also totally relate to like, you know, <laughs> this is not my life 100% of the time. It's like, I'm doing runs to Target. Yeah. I'm, you know, being, looking crazy. But um, do you personally have any self-care routine that you do when you're traveling or just day to day or week to week or month to month that you just makes you always makes you feel better if you're feeling stressed out or like little tips that you have just um I'm gonna say no for me completely honest yeah, yeah. I feel like we're the hardest on ourselves which I feel like you can probably relate to that because yes. I'm constantly giving to other people and occasionally I'll have a friend who will grab me by the shoulders and say what did you do for yourself this week like I know everything wow. else you did but what did you do for yourself this week? Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. I don't think I did anything. I got some sleep. I guess that counts, right? Wow. Um, but I try to remind myself of the little things. If I'm traveling, mm -hmm. I'm like, what did I do for myself when I'm traveling? Um, I try to drink a lot of tea when I'm on Amazing. the go because my immune system usually takes a dip and that's usually when I get sick. So yeah. I, I usually drink a lot of tea when I'm traveling, like a hot cup before I go to bed because mm -hmm. I don't do that when I'm here in home because mm -hmm. I'm just working and I forget to like boil the hot water and yeah. make myself a cup of tea. Um, but I think it's it's the little things and I, so, I sound so silly, but even just sometimes when I'm driving, I'm stuck in traffic, then I'm like, oh, the flowers are blooming right now. The mm. highways look so beautiful. And I know that sounds so silly, but it's because no, usually it's... I'm in a hurry to get somewhere and I'm not even, I'm like spaced out, right? I'm thinking yeah. about like, okay, what is this meeting I'm about to have? 
what are the intelligent things I need to say mm. so things productive but the times that I'm stuck in traffic I try to like redirect my I try to redirect my um my attitude where I'm like oh the flowers are booming so when did powerful. that happen they're all yellow and it's so pretty <laughs> right right and it's I'm like, like let's just yeah and I'm yeah. like man I wonder where I can go and take a photo later right yeah or even right now in this crisis, I was pretty devastated when I lost all of my eight projects for South by because for a lot of creators, South by is a, I mean, it affects everyone. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are conflicted about, oh, South by is like the evil. Look at th- what they did. They would have brought like a, a pandemic to the city. But I think at the same oh. time, like people don't even realize um, South by owns the Chronicle. That's, wow. one of, that's the biggest newspaper in town. Mm-hmm. So without that happening, what does that mean for our local newspaper? Right. Because they had all those advertisers lined up. Right. And print is not free. Mm-hmm. People don't think about that. But for me, I was pretty devastated when South by got canceled because I lost all my contracts. Mm-hmm. But then it took me, you know, a week to shift my mindset and think, oh, but wait, I have all this time now. I can visit more restaurants mm-hmm. because, you know, having to do Sponsored content takes a lot of my time, which means I wasn't able to visit as many restaurants during right, that time. Right. But great, I have all this time now, so I can visit more of our restaurants. I also did a mentorship session at Capital Factory, which is one of the big incubators here in town, and I wow. did um, mentorship sessions for startups. Mm-hmm. I would never have that kind of time to do that during the year. Right. Um, and that actually planted the seed in me where I was like, hey, I can actually offer up mentorship to my audience if they Mm -hmm. need it if they're creative that got impacted Mm -hmm. by the current um situation right i can offer mentorship sessions remotely like Mm -hmm. via phone or um over the computer because that's not something i could ever do even though that's what people have slowly started asking me for the last two years it's like hey do you think you do coaching and I know that's a popular transition for mm-hmm. influencers. It's like, oh, yeah, let me show you how to make six figures like I am. But right. it's quite unbelievable, I think, the number of creatives that are selling that yeah. and they're not making that kind of money where I'm like, yes. you need to be showing your tax return. Because just because you have 150,000 yeah. followers doesn't mean you're making bank from these sponsored <laughs> posts. I'm more than happy to show tax returns if that's necessary. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable coaching because... My success for a taste of cocoa is completely different from anyone who wants to start a business or a brand right now mm-hmm. because I've had 10 years mm. of like track to do all this, right? Right. And I didn't have competition when I started in 2010 mm-hmm. and times were just different. So right. I feel like I'm not in the position to be charging thousands of dollars for coaching to teach you how to build a six-figure right. business. Wow. Yeah, that's completely went off the tangent. No, 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 but it's it's so honest, though, because I think social media, it's so powerful and I use it, too. So I I have to, you know, walk the walk, too. But it's powerful, but it also can be so triggering. And I have moments where I feel so insecure and it just brings me back to like 16 year old Megan of like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm not good enough. I will never be like. I'm too pale, like all of these crazy thoughts that just are never ending. And it's such a negative cycle. <laughs> but um, no, and with South by Southwest too, I, I was looking forward to that so much yeah. too. And I, it was my first one. And I just as a business owner and an entrepreneur and someone who's followed their own dreams, when you get opportunities like this to speak there or to have a booth or to host something, it's you just get so excited. You put so much money and time and effort into every, I mean, it's, to me, I feel kind of like I'm planning a wedding every time. It's so much detail, so many hours, so many emails, so many things. And then it's, it's just hard when something so out of our control happens and it's horrible. And it's almost as if the world stops and time stops and everything is so affected, especially small businesses and restaurants and, it's so scary for business owners when we lose opportunities like South by Southwest to put ourselves out there. And it's just, it's hard. Like, have you not personally been affected by it, but how do you cope with things like this when they happen like losses or hardships? Do you just have a way that you deal with it or get through it? Or so you're talking about like mentally, not financially. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) those are completely different things. (laughs) 
No, just um, mentally. <laughs> mentally, um, it's it's like what I said. Yeah. I was devastated for the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, oh, I have all this time. Let mm-hmm. me give back to the community because they've been so generous. And I, right. I am 100% full aware of how my brand has been able to be where it is right now. Mm-hmm. I think some influencers, maybe not so. I think a lot of them are like, okay, well, how do I get that? $3,000 partnership. How mm-hmm. are you getting this partnership? And I'm like, it's not about the partnerships. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, the partnerships keep the doors open, but it's like, how do you give back to the community? And I've always been very community focused. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is because since I started my website, that's what the focus was. Right. And so I feel like because of the crisis right now, I want to give back to the community that has helped me have this career and be in this position. Yeah. So a lot of it is, okay, what can I do right now? At first I thought it was, telling people to dine out at different restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. But then right now they're saying, okay, social distancing is best for the city, right? Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, let me shift to, okay, what restaurants need sell gift cards, right? right? <laughs> but then last night someone was like, but that doesn't help the service industry because if people aren't coming in to eat, then they're not, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I had to really try not to go down that buddy hole last right, night. Of, yes. Cause I was like, oh, what do I do about the service industry? I don't know. Do I offer mentorship sessions? I don't know if that helps with them in particular. Right. So I don't know what the win-win is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I've gotten through my mental coping is, okay, how can I help someone else? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because throughout the year I'm super stressed and busy and trying to figure out like how to push out all this content. But right now, yes, we're in a lull. Mm but this is an opportunity for me to help someone else, right? And I'm not expecting anything in return, but I'm a believer in karma. And I think I've been very gracious that a lot of things have come back in some shape or form. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has also been, I I self-published my own book this past um, five months. So when you were talking about anxiety, I had a panic attack the week leading up to my 30th birthday. Yeah, And I think a lot of people didn't, relate to why I took it so hard and Mm -hmm. I again it goes back to like being set on a pillar by my readership is yes oh my god I'm turning 30 this is the one thing that I've been preventing from happening and now it's happening in 30 days and that's when I had the panic attack because I just it it got to me where I was like oh my gosh all these brands are gonna think I'm too old (laughs) yeah you know that's such a real fear I have that too every time when I get a project you have to fill out kind of a question it doesn't happen for every project but for most projects they have you fish, fill out a questionnaire like what's your following line and then it and... says what age range are you in that scares me so much because i'm below, like i don't want to be a... <laughs> it's below 18 yeah 18 to like 25 25 to 29 30 to 35 can they just change it to 30 instead of like this 29 this like and i'm like <laughs> oh I'm over the 30 mark and I think about all these young 22 year olds that are so young and they have about eight more years before they hit Mm. that third and it just I took it really hard and Mm. um I think I had a friend who told me they told me you know your audience is aging with you that's scary (laughs) that's scary but it's a reminder where they're like yeah. yeah, you might have all this competition of all these young 20-year-olds, but your audience is aging with you. Mm-hmm. They're maturing with you. Yeah. So they're going through the same crises as you are. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you. Yeah. And they're going to go follow you, right? right. They're going to continue with you. And I had to really remember that. But anyway, in June, I had a really bar- bad series of panic attacks. And I can put myself on that pillow like, okay, what can I do in this situation? Because I'm going to turn 30 regardless if I want to or not. So mm-hmm. I thought to myself, like, okay, I've always wanted to publish a travel book. That's so cool. Um, I've had different book agents come to me in the last five years who always wanted me to do a cookbook because, mm-hmm. again, food blogger, that's the most obvious thing to do. However, I didn't want to do a cookbook, and I always pitched for a travel book on Austin, and every single publisher and uh, book agent I spoke to was like, no one is buying travel books anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. We won't publish that. A publisher won't buy that. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. We won't. We won't. We won't sign you for that. So, I knew I always wanted to do it, but it was just a matter of when I would have time, right, mm. to self-publish a guidebook on Austin, Texas, out of mm-hmm. my own money, because I'm not gonna 
I mean, who's going to pay me to do this, right? City of right. Boston's not going to pay me to do right. this because the economy is so well. Right. Um, it was. I mean, it is still. I know. Um, <laughs> knock on wood. Whoever it is. I know. Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I decided I'm going to publish a guidebook on the city that I love and dedicate it to the city I love. So Aww. I gave myself a, a timeline to do it within five weeks mm. because, five you weeks. know, turning 30. So Wow. Usually, to give perspective for those of us that haven't done a cookbook or a book, usually the timeline's about 12 months. Yes. Um, if it's a cookbook that has maybe 150 recipes, it can take two mm-hmm. years. Um, but I pushed myself to do it in five weeks, and I oh my gosh. wrote <laughs> the whole thing, all my photographs, and then I had to figure out the fun thing of like self-publishing, how do you get them on yeah. Amazon, how do you do sales, how do I find a printer... Oh, printing is really expensive. Mm-hmm. No wonder there's not a lot of things in print. And then having different conversations with different printers, realizing why most travel books in the travel section look like crap and why they aren't filled with photos and why they're not usually in color is because yeah. it's just expensive. Yeah. It's just expensive. Yeah. So, and then having to figure out like pricing. The book is priced at $20, which is not too expensive. I think it's about the middle range of mm-hmm. most travel books. Mm-hmm. But because I self-printed, I don't have the convenience of some of these bigger travel brands that mm. could print a million dollar, a million copies at once and have the price of per unit maybe a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. So then your margin is higher. But because I'm printing at sell, small uh, batches. Oh, yeah. And I also uh, made the decision to print, design, edit, everything in Austin. Oh. Everyone I hired to have a little small part in the book along with the printing is all done in mm-hmm. Austin. So anyway, I felt like the book would be my saving grace um, <laughs> from turning 30, yeah. which it was. Yes. It was. Um, but I also feel like because of the position I was and because I gave back to the community, I was able to sell as many books as I was. Mm-hmm. Because anyone that I've talked to that is either doing some sort of book or has done a book has been like, how did you sell so many by yourself without a book agent or a publisher? Yeah. And I'm like, it's just the city. The city just was like, oh, Coco published a book. I want to support her. I know that I know that it's filled with local restaurants Uh and local businesses. And I think a small percentage of my audience was like, well, how much do these businesses pay to be in this book, right? How do right. we know that this is authentic? And I was like, I've never accepted any ad dollars from any small business or restaurant. Wow. And I, I hope that my business can continue to thrive without being in that position, mm-hmm. right? And no one paid to be in this book. I didn't tell any restaurant or business that mm-hmm. I was doing this because I had a pretty short timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I just, printed and put this out for the city and it's just for the city to enjoy and again Mm. it's just like enjoy our city I'm just creating another resource that is now printed that you can look through and decide like oh okay we want to eat tacos where should we go we we flip to the taco section right here are like 12 taco places that we can eat at with a little small description or hey I'm new to Austin I think I want to live in East Austin but what are the things in my surrounding area Mm -hmm. I can then flip through the cocoa book and go to the East Austin section and see all the places sorted by breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee shops, mm-hmm. hotels, and everything. Yeah. Wow, I am so impressed by you. That's I know Don't be, it took a crisis to do that. <laughs> no, I know how much work it takes too because I've self-published my own oh, books, you did? Oh, yeah. three, and they each. I mean. For someone like me who has horrible, I don't know if it's ADHD or ADD, but I, I like prep myself, I say the affirmations, I sit on my computer and I start focusing and I'm like, ooh, Snapchat, ooh, it's, yeah. like, I, it doesn't go anywhere. Um, but I know how much work that takes and it takes so much dedication. You're making time with yourself. You actually have to hold yourself accountable to literally set aside one, one hour, four hours, however long you have. And, but you just make it happen. I think that's one thing when I was first getting started, still am feeling this way. You know, you can either, you know, spend your time thinking, well, how did this person get there? And how did, but I want to be like her. I want to be like him. Or I think it's helpful to come to the realization that you just do it. Like you just Just get started. And I think that that's what all of the answers of all of our heroes, role models, the people who everyone looks up to, 
they're all just people. They're all human beings and they just did it. You know, there's no, I think people sometimes can be like, well, oh my gosh, there's like a secret magical recipe. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's like, I no, I mean, I don't come from, you know, I don't have like $800 billion yeah. in my bank account, but yeah. I think people are so surprised by like, yeah, what is the secret? And I'm like, the secret is I pull 100 hour <laughs> weeks and I work till 3 a.m. Yeah. And I took out a big chunk of my savings to yeah. do this book for the city. That's, That's the, the absolute secret. truth. Yeah. Um, I would love to know if you personally have had a moment where you felt like I've made it or someone recognized you for the first time or your blog got reposted or something for you personally that made you feel like, oh my gosh, I, like all the work has paid off or this yeah. was worth it or I made it or something where that level of recognition, validation or just like that awesome kind of priceless feeling. So there's um, probably three moments. I'll start with the two probably more obvious ones. Yeah. Um, in 2016, I got a call from an agency that said, hey, we're working with New York Times to cast someone to be the face of my Miami oh tourism. <laughs> what? Are you interested? I was like, oh my oh fucking God, my yes. Gosh. I didn't say that, but I was like, yes. Yeah. Can you tell me more? <laughs> you're just like, yes, on the inside, you're like doing backflips. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy to hear them say, we've talked to a lot of ad agencies mm -hmm. and everyone has a portfolio on you and you have an insanely good track record. Yeah. How? <laughs> And I'm like, I've been working at this so long and I've You're done, like, I've done do you, a lot of, do you, do you have an hour? Or two? <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've probably worked with 300 brands at this point on different paid projects. Um, over the last and, 10 years. Yeah. Wow. And well, maybe not even 10 years. Right. I didn't even do paid partnerships until 2015. So the last five years. Wow. Um, and regardless if it's a paid or unpaid opportunity, I put out the same amount of work, regardless mm -hmm. if it's a project that's paid $5,000 or a restaurant tasting that took me three hours mm -hmm. and I wasn't paid a single cent, but I'm still editing these same photos to do the same kind of Instagram posts. I'm still right. putting in the same hours. So that was a big deal to be the face of a tourism video for a city that I don't live in right? and have them cast me for that video, even though I don't have so any cool. like video experience, right? Um, like no TV or anything. And they told me, We've just been watching your Instagram stories for half a year. Right. And it seems like you're very comfortable talking about the most mundane things. So we felt like you could talk confidently about a city that is cool. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Oh my gosh. Um, so that was quite shocking because New York Times has never been on my bucket list because it's just not. I had some people who were like, how did you get that? Did you just email them? I'm like, yes, I sent a customer support ticket to the New York Times.com and said, hey, I want to be in one of your projects. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> stuff like that doesn't happen. At first I'd be like, is this a joke? Yeah. Is this, I mean, I dream about stuff yeah. like that too, but it's like, like. It doesn't happen. Um, the other big one that happened was when my little small newspaper, my little small town mm. called Port Lavaca Wave, mm -hmm. emailed me and put me on the cover of the newspaper. And it basically oh said, gosh. hey, you know, former alumni of, you know, it's so exciting. Port Lavaca, yeah. Look at what she's doing now. So yeah. That was a big deal. But what made it even more special was that, um, oh God, I hope I don't hear it. But anyway, I didn't tell my dad and yeah. my dad had came to the office and one of his coworkers had picked up the paper because uh -huh. they, they read the paper still at home Yeah. and they put it on his desk and then he saw it and he called me. And so that was very fulfilling to me because I think anything that has a personal tie to family oh, always yeah. like kind of pulls that emotional strength. Yeah. That's really cute. So that was a really big deal for my dad because, you know, my parents worry and they're like, this is this influencing thing. How long is this going to last? Like you don't have health insurance. You're paying for out of pocket, but for right. them to see it on paper, they're like, how did they find out about you? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure somebody That's told so somebody sweet. that told somebody. <laughs> um, but the most, the one that pulled most on my emotional heartstrings was when I had my book launch party. Wow. And, um, this little, there's this little um, hole in the wall, which I highly recommend for you guys to eat at because they have really authentic Mexican food. It's called Habanero. Ooh. And it's a very hole in the wall, cash only. And they, um, I've been eating there since college because um, it's a hole in the wall, very affordable. Right. And 
the owners who don't really speak English, mm-hmm. but their daughter and son had came, so they translated for me. And they came to my book launch party because mm-hmm. I guess they bought the book for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I've never posted about them. Like, I've mm-hmm. never mentioned them on the blog. I've never posted about them on my Instagram because mm-hmm. they're a hole in the wall. Um, but I guess they had bought the book on a whim for fun or something. I don't know why. I don't know why they bought the book. But they bought the book and they discovered that they were in the book. Mm-hmm. So then they came to the book launch party. And the owner was just, the mom was just like kind of in tears that then made me cry. Because I was just, the, the her daughter was like, you don't understand how big of a deal this is for us. Like we were just mm. so thrilled and honored that you featured us in your little like guidebook because right. I think people don't understand like a little restaurant like that isn't going to make Texas Monthly or Awesome Monthly or The Statesman or Eater because it's not new and it's not cool and it's not beautifully designed by some like designer architect. Of course. But they for them it was such a big deal to be included in this little travel book mm-hmm. by a food blogger that I guess they followed. Wow. You know, and they've never messaged me. They've never asked me to come in and help them out, right? But because mm-hmm. I was eating there for a long time, and I want, I of course would include them in this book because these are all my honest and good recommendations mm-hmm. for them. It was such a big deal. So for them to come to my book launch party and tell me that that was definitely the highlight of my wow. career, where I felt like this is what matters. It's not about the big partnership with Ikea or it's not the big partnership with Whole Foods, even though, yeah, those guys keep me, keep my doors open and I, they can keep me employed, right? Mm-hmm. And be able to get back to the city. But it's about these little moments that mean so much to this little owner. It's mm-hmm. not about the five-star the five star restaurant that just opened and they have a billion dollars in backing, right? It's about the little hole in the wall that's still cash only. Yeah. That's so, that's so true. Cause that like, I mean, that moment that you said about your parents that made my eyes start watering up. Cause I, my parents, I mean, similar situation, like, you know, there's in the beginning, they financially supported me 100%. And they were like, Megan, we love you. We just want you to be happy and healthy. And you know, is this really what you want? I mean, you know, our parents, like they just love you and they just want what's best for you. And, but I've had tons of moments. Like when I, um, did my first TEDx talk and my parents were sitting in the front row and this is after sending in six applications every single day for two years straight. Two years. I mean, it took two, like saying that, I, I think a lot of people are like, what? Two years? Yeah. I'm like, yes. I know that. Yes. Not one week, you know, two years. And I mean, to have them sitting in the front row, I remember like saying what I was saying, but then looking at them and I just was like, wait. And I felt, it was just this one of those crazy surreal moments where you feel like time just stops for a second and you're like, oh my gosh, I did it. I made it. And I like, I got here. I'm on the stage. This is happening right now. And I should totally soak in this moment and not be thinking about, oh, you know, this email I have to send later or, you know, what, what is that? What is my, not, I hate, I would never use the word competitor, but like, what is my, um, what is this other blogger doing? What is this other speaker yeah. doing? It's just, enjoying those moments because they're yours and no two journeys are alike for one motivational speaker versus another i mean everyone has you know their own unique path yeah that's so powerful so in each episode i like to kind of share a little fun just like an anti-anxiety or just like a fun wellness hack so have you ever heard of grounding I mean, in yoga, they tell you to be grounded, whatever the heck that means. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Correct. Um, So grounding for me, I mean, it can mean different things to different people. But for me, grounding means I'm just staying focused in the present moment. And so one way I ground myself is by looking around and just start in my head saying, like, if I'm in public, you know, I'm not going to be like, green plant and touch it. People think I'm crazy. But (laughs) in my mind, I'm going to start saying, you know, black couch, um, a wastebasket, a door, a mailbox, a plant. And like, it just, it always helps me feel more in the present moment. And that, that my mind can focus on actual tangible things and not just, you know, kind of getting sucked into like my thoughts and the story of, whoa, okay. You know, it's 
um, you know, today is this day, I'm in Austin, Texas, I'm with Jane, I'm with, you know, that kind of always helps me okay. feel more grounded. I feel like I need to do that when I meet people because the moment they walk away, I've forgotten their name. And it's <laughs> so terrible. It's like, my, it's my yeah. worst habit. It's like my biggest flaws. I can't That's remember so people. Funny. Right after they tell me name, it's already yes. out one year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and also, so I like to think of this podcast, a lot of my... A lot of the people who watch my content and who tune in, a lot of them are teenagers. And I would love if you could just share if, you know, let's say this is like a radio station and there's like a teenager calling in and they're like, hi, Jane, I love what you do. I want to do like, yeah. I, I love food. I love travel. I love writing. I love being creative and I love photography. I love collaborating with companies and restaurants. Um, what would be your best advice for how they can get started? So good for them for yeah. what, for looking into that because I think a good percentage of the population is complacent. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is that they're like, oh, um, I'm just going to hang out with my friends. I'll go to movies. Yeah. I'll play video games at home. And I mean, those are my friends too, right? Mm -hmm. And they ask me like, why do you work so hard and do so many things? And I think it's about being active mm -hmm. is early on you have all this time. Mm. Like you have a lot of time to give. So make all the mistakes. So true. <laughs> like you can do all the things and it's okay to fail because the greatest thing at that time is you can do all the things and figure out what you don't want to do because you don't want to be making those mistakes mm -hmm. like when you're 35 and you wake up and you're like, holy crap, I don't want to be a hygienist anymore. That was like one right. of my friends who always wanted to do that ever since I was little and like two years ago when I ran him, I was like, oh my God, you finally made it. This is what you wanted to do right. since you were like two years old. You wanted right. to be a hygienist and a hygienist <laughs> and all these things and he's like, I go to the office every day, I go home, I cook dinner, I go to sleep. And it's just a hamster wheel. And he's like, I don't know what to do now because do I go back to med school and do a different process? Right. I don't know. And That's I'm like, so I can't help you. But you don't want to be in that kind of situation. So I think the greatest thing when someone is so young is do all the things. Like mm -hmm. I worked part-time at a movie theater when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I ate all the popcorn in the world. It was great. Um, but do a lot of different things and figure out what you don't yeah. like. And I think also at that time, like if there's someone that say like, if it's a blogger, mm -hmm. um, is reach out and say like, Hey, is there something I can help you with? Can yes. I maybe not yes. shadow you? Because I know I get a lot of shadowing requests. And for me, I'm like, Oh, that doesn't really work. I don't really want someone like following me around all day. Right. It's really not that fascinating. Right. But figure out like how you can help them. Right. Smart. Is it like help? Oh, I want to do what you want to do, but is there something that you really need help with that I can, I can offer my time, right? Mm -hmm. um, for me in particular, um, and this is not like a direct ask to anyone, but for me in particular, I didn't have time to do book deliveries. And right. so I desperately needed help in December. If someone magically just came to me and said, hey, you must be having a crazy retail mm -hmm. uh, season right now. Can I help you deliver books to the stores? Mm -hmm it would have been like a savior came to me because oh I was gosh. wrapping books till 4 a.m. because all the stores were selling out and the stores yeah. were like, can you restock today? And I'm like, okay, let me wrap a couple oh like dozen, gosh. drop right. it off, get through traffic. Right. And then this, I have to get all the way up north. And so someone came to me and they're like, can I do this for you? And then when, you know, yes. life is not as crazy, can you give me some advice on X, Y, Z? Yes. And I'm like, yes. So I think that's a great way to do it too. Mm -hmm. um, but just stay busy. I think too many people spend too much. I think the biggest thing for me that I did differently for my peers is that I chose to not have personal time. And by personal time, I mean, I didn't go out to movies every weekend with my friends or go to happy every single week. Like mm -hmm. a lot of the content I'm producing, I'm in and out. I shoot my photos, I leave. I go home and edit. Right. I'm not, I'm not sitting at the bar for three hours catching up with girlfriends <laughs> and figuring out. Right who's dating what what's right. going on I'm not doing that yeah oh my gosh um one other question so yeah. if you Jane Co had yeah. a moment where you could sit with your 16 year old self mm -hmm. 18 year old self whatever age you feel that you were struggling the most but especially like in high school if you were to sit with your younger self what would you say to her if you could give her any advice I was struggling with different things at that time, like mm -hmm. ac academics and fitting in and trying not to get bullied and like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do in college mm -hmm. and in life? And I think I got really lucky is that I had a positive affirmation that came to me at that time. And it mm -hmm. was like this, this guy who was like two years older than me. And I think I was freaking out in the, in the counselor's office and he like stopped me and he said, 
he didn't, I don't remember how many years he said, but he's like, in the future, none of this will matter. You're not going to remember everything wow. that you're dealing with right now. Because right. this is all like high school stuff and it's really not going to matter. That's so true. But when you're in high school, yeah. everything feels yeah, like it the feels, end of the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you like, I was bullied and like, I didn't do well in school and everyone was so like successful and like every, it's, yeah. Because mm-hmm. even now, like when I, like even my hairdresser, she's like, oh, somebody came in and got their hair done because they saw that I do your hair and they were telling me how shocked they were on how far you've come because they were just like, yeah, she was like, not really anything in high school. Like she didn't have anything oh going for her. Right. Um, and it's totally fine because I was, I feel like I was a totally different person back then mm-hmm. and I've come a long way, but I've had to fight my way up to this point. Mm-hmm. And that's the honest truth is that I've had to fight my way to this point. Mm. Um, so, but if I was to be able to have the opportunity to meet with my 16-year-old self, which I was very lucky that somebody, that guy did stop me and say, none of this right. will matter years from now. Yeah. Is that I would say the same thing. Is that none of this will matter right now. It's so true. Like, everything that you're dealing with. Yeah. And all the anxiety and, like, being so self-conscious and being bullied and, like, not doing well in school and feeling like, okay, well, you didn't get into McCombs like everyone else, mm-hmm. but you only got into natural sciences, which accepts every, everyone and anything. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. Mm. I love that. So now we're going to get into rapid fire questions. Okay. I was thinking you probably forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so these are super fun, silly, just what comes first to your head, very okay. natural. So first one, if you could be any type of potato chip, yes. what would you be? I'd be a ridged potato chip because those are my favorite Ooh. and I feel like it's just more spontaneous and fun than a flat potato chip. I love it. Let's let's get crazy. <laughs> let's be rigid. Although, rigid. Although I will say Trader Joe's has like rosé colored um, potato chips You're that joking. I saw on the shelf yesterday and I was like, that most embarrassing thing. I don't know. I feel like I'm so good about blocking out bad memories, <laughs> <laughs> but they're like deep, deep down <laughs> buried and I never think about them yeah. again. I don't know. I don't know if I've had a embarrassing moment because I can't remember yeah, that. No, I. Um, a last question is: if you could give one tangible tool to anyone who's listening or watching, who's struggling, who feels like they're in a dark place, they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They're just, how am I going to move forward? I have yeah. this dream for my life, and it none of it matches where I am right now. What would be like your go-to, okay, this is what you got to do to get out of a funk? These are hard questions. (laughs) These are really hard questions. Um, I almost want to say like, come talk to me and I can talk you through it, but I don't know if I'm qualified to do that. But I I will say, um, again, I feel like universe is so good to me and I really believe in that Mm. is... I've had so many hard days and I, there was this instance, I, I went to Whole Foods. I thought I wanted to make vegan tacos or something for a recipe and I was trying to find jackfruit mm-hmm. for the life of me. And they were out of it. I was stressed because I had to make this recipe. I couldn't find it. I probably looked like I was about to burst in tears. And the guy that was pushing the shopping carts, like, came up to me and gave me a high five. He's like, Coco, I love you. Thank you so Aww. much for what you do. He's like, you do so much for mm-hmm. all of us. And he's just like, thank you so much. Like I, like all these things. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't move. And I'm like about to be in tears because of my jackfruit situation <laughs> and all the positive affirmations he just yeah. told me. Cause I was like, oh, someone like is paying attention and appreciates me. Cause I feel like people don't appreciate me sometimes. Right. Cause mm-hmm. like, I do think, do, you know, you do these things. And then there's that one person that complains to you and you're like, can't help everyone. Right. He comes back and he bought me a gift card from Whole Foods out of his own pocket mm-hmm. and bought me a cupcake from the bakery and was just like, here's some little things. Oh I just, I, I know it's not much, but I just want to like, let you know that you're appreciated. Oh my God. Walks away. I like go to my car and cry, eat this cupcake. And I'm just like, you just don't know. Yeah. And I think when people are stuck in those dark moments is that's why I try to compliment someone when I'm in in the store trying mm-hmm. to like pay for the person behind me because you just don't know. You don't know what that little no. small act of kindness does for someone. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I've had people who are like, 
I've never talked to you, I've never DM'd you, but I want you to know because you did this or you chased after your passion, I made a leap of faith and I mm-hmm. decided to change my lifestyle to mm-hmm. this and look at where I am now. Mm. And you impacted me in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't directly because I never spoke to you and I didn't ask for advice, right. but I just watched what you do and I felt like I could change my look on life and do this. So I know that's not a direct answer to your question. No, but it's amazing. But I would say just look up, maybe talk to someone. You just don't know. I mean, that guy, I still have that gift card. I never spent it. It's my, my really? wallet, just as a little reminder. That's awesome. I, I love that because I think it is true. We really, we have no idea what people are going through. And the smallest of things, like holding the door open for someone. And we all have busy lives, especially business owners, entrepreneurs, people who want to follow their dreams. You're running around all the time, but to actually stop and pause and breathe and think, you know, maybe that person is struggling or it's just that circle of what you said, karma, then maybe someone will help me out. And it's just, you know, this positive domino effect. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jane. I want to hug you, but we're going to elbow bump. Elbow bump. It's 2020. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It was an absolute honor. So Thank you all so much for watching. You can find me, Megan Gallagher, on Instagram at Megan W. Gallagher. And where can everyone find you? You can find A Taste of Cocoa on every single social media channel and atasteofcoco.com. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to leave a review and subscribe to this podcast. I want to leave you all with this. Everything is happening for you, not to you.